Welcome everybody to the Energy for Sales podcast where we believe if you're not having fun in sales, you may be doing something wrong. Do we really believe that, Tim? Absolutely, we believe it. And we had a lot of fun with the Energy for Sales virtual summit. You will get to hear it here shortly, parts of it. It's in six parts, as Tim said. One, two, three, four, five, and six. (laughs) Boom. So enjoy it. Tim, also uh, share a little bit of the why. And and, and of course, we did it for our listeners, but there's also a special uh, organization we want to support. It, it was David, and we brought in the trenches sales leaders to the summit. They spoke, shared their heart, and uh, all of us did this for our teams, and we're we're giving this back to our teams. And and uh, we decided to open this up to our to our podcast community and and into the world. And we thought, David, how could we do this and and give back in some way? And and unfortunately, cancer t- touches so many of our stories. And so we partnered with the American Cancer Society, guys. This is so cool. We raised close to $5,000 through the Energy for Sales Summit that we will be presenting the check in Baltimore and uh, just making a huge difference. And there's still still the opportunity to partner with ACS. And so the link is in the show notes, guys. If you were participating in the summit or you are listening and getting value out of these podcasts, would you go over and make a small donation? to the American Cancer Society. It's a custom link and it's all tracked through Energy for Sales. And we all have the ability to do something greater than ourselves. I believe that sales is not a career, it's a calling. It's a calling to change the lives of our team, of our clients and our community. And so it's the why, it's what we do. Donate to them and guys, lean in, listen, learn, lean in as David always says. David, you wanna do your one, two, three, four, five, six again? I think I just did it once. I think that was probably enough. Hey, have fun. Have fun. (laughs) So that rolls us into proactivity and Janelle's going to kick us off on being proactive. Great. So it's interesting. So when I first sat down, I started making some notes about how I increase proactivity and inspire my team to be proactive. I kept coming up with things that were more focused on what I'm doing and not what my team's doing. And I would scratch it off and go, all right, next category. Like, no, that's also something I do. So then it dawned on me that if I want to increase proactivity and inspire proactivity in my team, I have to lead by example. And Whitney actually teed me up perfectly and we didn't plan it. So to me, to get my team to be proactive, they need to know what results they're trying to achieve. I need to set firm expectations with them. They need to understand their why. Because to me, to act proactively is to act with intention. And if you don't know what your intention is, you're not going to get to your end results. You know, I think about when someone says, you know, jump and you're like, how high? You know, I used to think it was just blind agreement. Now, from the sales leader perspective, I understand that they're actually asking, well, what's my target? So the same thing, when I tell my team, I need you to sign more accounts, I need you to increase revenue, they're asking how much and how many. So I think one way that I inspire my team to be proactive is to be completely transparent with our team goals and their individual goals. And then we'll also sit down and game plan how they're going to get to those goals. I think when I was initially trying to answer this question, I viewed 
proactivity and my guidance of them as like mutually exclusive. And now I understand that they really go together. So to build a roadmap and strategies as to how we're gonna get to our goals, it's what's gonna make them proactive. And also I thought about you know, anticipating any problems or obstacles that come along the way. And I think the way to inspire proactivity as a leader is you know, by me asking leading questions. So for example, you know, if I want my team to do prospecting calls every week, on Monday morning, I might ask, you know, do you set up to prospect this week? Is there anything that's gonna get in your way? To get them thinking about, all right, well, I'm on the road on Tuesday and Thursday, and it's my kid's birthday on Friday. How am I gonna get around this? And how am I still gonna get my results done? I think one example of the proactivity on my team and how I lead by example is that we're constantly reviewing their current accounts. Every week we have a one-on-one -on -one meeting, which I know will tie into our sessions later. And we're going through and I'm asking them questions to review what's going on here and making them think. So it gets them, to me that ties in with the consistency as well, because it gets them thinking and anticipating, like I know what she's gonna <coughs> ask, but I'm gonna do it before she asks. And then my final comment, because I would love it if everybody, the desire to meet your goals was enough, but I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that you inspire proactivity with incentives and talk about the money. So I think contests, money, and transparent goals would be my answer. I love that. Pay pay for A, right? Pay for A players. And I love that you said, um, uh, ask leading quite, help, you know, helping them to be realistic proactively. You know, what's in your week? What's, what are the roadblocks? In fact, it's uh, Justin, Todd and I are going to talk about removing the springs, one of the sessions and so many things about getting ahead of some of those obstacles and helping our team. So being proactive as a leader, I love that you said that, right? You had to think through your proactivities and then, hey, does my team uh, model those? Am I coaching them? So it ties into Craig's point about consistently coaching. Love it. Solid. All right, Todd, you're up next. Proactivity. Awesome. Um, mine, I was thinking more in terms of conversations with the client. Um, when it comes to setting expectations, being proactive and discussing kind of the, the process to, to kind of walk through what we do and, um, you know, setting up the conversations kind of a, on the front end of saying, hey, first we're going to do this, then we're going to do this and this, so that as you're going through a, a process to lead them down, you know, a sales process, there aren't any gotchas, there's no surprises, as best you can. So, you know, Janelle, like, like being an attorney, you want to be able to see and answer any question that comes at you and already have the solution. So that's kind of what we're trying to set in their mind of, um, you know, proactively reframing the way they think about our value proposition. You know, pre, you know, proactively setting conversations up because in, in my world, we're having multiple different conversations around different solutions that we consolidate into one. So a lot of times it's the first time they've seen things that way. So I think it, 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 it diffuses a lot of the frustration. Um, it, it helps set just better expectations, I guess, is where I'm trying to go with all this. So I think being proactive and, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're going to do it. And here's why it's important. It eliminates a lot of roadblocks. It eliminates a lot of objections if you just kind of get the elephant out of the room real quick on the front end. So I think it sets up a better cons consultative conversation when you explain to them. Here's one. It's, it's kind of like telling a story. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You tell the story, and then here's what I just told you. I think that's kind of the, the best way to approach, um, especially a complex sale, is, is to really unpack it 
so they understand why you're asking for certain things. Um, I think it moves along faster. There's less friction, and then you can also if there's, there's different uh, different you know stakeholders on their team. You have a CFO, you have someone in HR, and you have someone in legal. They're they're looking at different lenses. So even identifying, hey, here's what you're gonna you're gonna want to know about this. Here's what you're gonna want to know. Then you come in as the thought leader. Hey, this guy knows his stuff. He also knows what's important to me. Um, so it, it helps their internal conversations when you're not in the room. I think flow better too because they they are they're understanding what's important to each other and it helps them unpack better questions when you're not there to you know to kind of sell if you would. So that's that was my thought on the proactive piece of going into a situation. We all know our processes. We all know what we need. And we, I think a lot of times assume the client would just follow right along, but um, not always the case. Sometimes the dumbest thing will pop up that you could have uh, proactively addressed early on and just give it a thumbs up or down and then you move right past and it becomes a non-issue. So that, that's, that's my thought on, on proactivity. Todd, as always, that was strong. I know your industry. I've, I've loved that industry for a long time. And there are places in your industry and all of ours where being proactive in the pitfalls um, at Insperity and in, in PEOs, when legal takes a look at this and they see that, oh, so we're not going to control, we're not going to own our employees anymore, that's a pitfall. And when you have, so being proactive in, in, in the pitfalls and the stumbling blocks, I think are important. Good deal. Well, Todd, uh, yes, absolutely strong. Carnell, you're up next, brother. Hey, guys. Morning, all. Um, so before I go into the proactivity piece, I just a little inside baseball. I love when I'm smack in the middle of a panel. So I can benefit from hearing all the smart stuff the smart people before me said. But there's still enough to, to jump on, so I'm not telling. So that's great. Uh, so, guys, when you think about proactivity, and Todd said something that really stuck out. Uh, you know, when you're dealing with customers, it can make you come off as a thought leader when you're thinking about problems before they happen. I, I want to kind of extend that. To that doesn't just stop with customers, right? Um, from my perspective, being proactive uh, in your sales career as a sales leader um, really comes down to a couple of different things. One, are you anticipating customers' needs before they happen? Are you being proactive in your development? Are you being proactive in your team's development? Mm. Are you being proactive in your education? What you really do by kind of executing those things is you're buying credibility, right? If you can think about problems before they exist for the customer, you're buying credibility to the customer. If you're thinking about your team's career and what they're going to do one, three, five, seven years from now, you're buying credibility by being proactive about, you know, the way that they they go about their business. Um, and then with your, you know, as you think about, you know, long-term value, um, and I think Ryan mentioned this earlier, um, you know, the way that you, you know, you build long-term value is through consistent process. The way you can build consistent process is being thoughtful and proactive around how you're going about your day. And that's something that I think great salespeople do. Um, I challenge you to find a great salesperson or a great sales leader or a great fill in the blank in their field that's not proactive about how they're getting better every single day and how they're holding their team accountable. So, you know, it all really goes together um, kind of in that nutshell. And then the last thing that I'll, that I'll kind of touch on, and Whitney said the word culture earlier, being proactive with your culture um, and genomics around being intentional, that is going to be the key to any long-term success for any organization. Um, setting those expectations, being transparent, understanding what you're trying to accomplish and why, and having that proactive mindset is how you build a long-lasting um, kind of legacy success. 
Um, the, the cool thing about all of this and even the summit is being able to learn from folks that have either learning to do it alongside of you um, or I've done it before um, and have great ideas about how to do it in the future. So be proactive around your own development, um, how you build your culture um, and as well around how you're dealing with your customers. So um, like I said, that's like a, why I like being stuck in the middle so I can steal things and then still build my point. So uh, that's all I got. Thanks guys. Well, I think you've been officially dubbed Captain America. So <laughs> again, the creativity with uh, the virtual space these days. So Sherry, I love it. Uh, that's Carnell's new uh, new name. So uh, one one small thing about proactivity, um, especially in complex um, opportunities, there's a proactivity element internally that you might need to get internal teams ahead of ahead of it. So look at proactivity and, and an opportunity. What stakeholders? Um, who do I want to bring in early instead of late, and and go together. So that was. Um, when, when all three of you were talking, I was thinking about that element, I was, and it, it's important um, yeah. to, to bring something to close quicker. It's better to have everyone together at the front end, so be proactive in that regard as well. And, and I love how you sum that up, Carnell, with when you anticipate those needs, those client needs, or what resources you're going to need, that generates credibility. That, that buys credibility. It generates high trust. Um, so, and, and it ties into what Ryan said earlier is putting time on the calendar to actually think tank because how many of us get so busy that like Todd said, we, we make that dumb mistake. You know, we, it could have been avoided, but it was just, Tim got too busy, sped through the process, took for granted the client, knew my process, didn't. Um, so anticipating and generating high trust, that's huge. listen learn and lean in and uh, enjoy enjoy the the next uh, six uh, uh, podcasts oh, they're gonna be six. oh it is gonna be six one two three yeah. four five yeah six. you like how i did that one two three four, four five, five six, six. <laughs> you should have done that at the end one two three four five six that would have been the perfect <laughs> tee up for then what's to come all right let's try this one more time